Hello, everyone, and welcome back to HOA. It's a true story. Today, we are talking about, from the owner's perspective, managing a management company with Dan Christensen of Christensen Company Association Services. Dan, thank you for joining us today, and welcome to HOA. It's a true story. Obviously, anything for you, Reagan. <laughs> Also joining us today is Lauren Kalees, Director of Sales from GB Group. So Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Yes, happy to be here. Okay, so Dan, like GB Group, you also have a legacy company originally started by your father, Doug. Um, so, were, so were you really raised in this whole HOA atmosphere? How did your dad convince you to take all this on? Well, I think... Um... Uh, digging out V ditches when I was 14, uh, that probably was the, the main selling point. Actually, um, joining the, the, the uh, HOA industry, it just seemed very, very natural. I mean, it, the transition from the Marine Corps might have been a little bit odd, but all in all, I mean, it was the people that I had met through my youth growing up, and um, it, it seemed like I was kind of coming home more than not. So how long have you actually been in the business? Well, Reagan, as of next month, Christensen Company will be celebrating 40 years. Oh, that's fantastic. That's impressive. Oh, we were looking it up, DeLoreans. Let me see what else. Um, I know it's a, it's been rumored that your dad actually has one of the earliest CCAM numbers or CACM numbers. And yeah, he does. Like, uh, I, I've been informed. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you say your management model has changed over the last few years since that time that you kind of took over the company? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I think that taking a new fresh set of eyes at anything is, is refreshing. Um, I know that the, the kind of the structure of our company has changed uh, in as, uh, as is how we deal with some of our policy governance. I know that we've uh, we've become much more automated when it comes to our banking and our financial management. That stuff has taken a little bit of a step forward. But you know, those are the things that I think that you know are just natural in a company at this point. But of course, COVID has changed management considerably. How did you have to adjust from having? managers attending meetings, Zoom meetings. How did that change for you there? Well, Reagan, I think that it, it forced us to use the tools that uh, we had been given in the past and really just relied more on our, our in-person skills. Now we had to rely much more on our technological skills. Um, I think that uh, growing in that regard, all in all, was healthy for us um, and, um, and branching out into um, being able to do things from remote locations, um, I think that that will serve us in the future. But definitely um, working uh, more independently, being more of a self-starter, being more motivated to do things um, without uh, someone looking over your shoulder uh, most of the time, but also being able to do things and doing the right thing uh, when no one's looking is a core tenant of what we do at Christensen Company. And that just shown through more and more this last year. So Lauren, in the beginning of COVID, I know we did a lot of webinars and we came up with different creative ways to reach those managers. How would you say things are now? Because the Zoom burnout, it. So how would you say it, it's for you now trying to connect with those managers? Well, it has changed. It's evolved. There is definitely a burnout. So 
trying to become more creative with our ideas and making it more casual rather than webinar learning. But at the same time, there's, and I've heard it from other managers, that it's very um, almost beneficial to be on Zoom because you can get your meetings done. You can go grab dinner and then hop back on work. You're able to accommodate more locations and meetings in a week rather than having to schedule just one per night or per evening. And as well as for the contractor with attending board meetings, we're more easily available to the boards to do educational webinars, which we've offered, or explain a, a question that they may have about a proposal. So as much as there is that burnout, there is appreciation for the, the easily accessible meetings via Zoom. Right. Um, I definitely think that the not driving all over the Bay Area is a big plus for everyone. Dan, going forward in the future, are you going to maybe create a little bit of a hybrid in your company so that you're maybe partially going back to face-to-face or, and partially Zoom? Or will you give price breaks? How do you see that, that coming back out of the box is going to look? Well, I, I think we're going to have to, Reagan. Um, I think that uh, the dynamic has definitely shifted uh, when it comes down to how we were going to carry on with business. A lot of people have embraced this as a cost savings, like you just mentioned. I think that the boards uh, are very, very um, in tune with that notion. I think that uh, moving forward, we are going to have people that are going to re-embrace in-person meetings. Uh, that is their comfort zone, and we need to flex in order to embrace their um, their mod- their way of doing business. Now, uh, now, but obviously across America, this has become a new norm. Um, and so um, the flower grows to the sun when it comes to business. And in this way that we are going to embrace this and embrace our clients' new way of uh, doing board business uh, remotely and in person. The last couple of years, uh, Bill and I kept doing quite a few uh, seminars talking about the labor shortage and how it's impacted our industry. It didn't just hit the construction industry. There's so many new managers now in our growing HOA industry that there's a considerable turnover. Yes. Uh, I mean, each week as we send out even our our, uh, mailer for the podcast, we're seeing managers moving no longer with this company over here now over there so how do you or what are you going to do to prevent a high turnover in your company well um we've been very blessed over the years uh to have not lost a manager in the last couple of years um and wow i know we're we're pretty unique with that i think I, i i can only i can only thank my team um the the corporate climate that they have created uh, has created much more of a family-like atmosphere um, that people feel rewarded for um, their work and they feel included in the decisions that get made with this company uh, that they feel like they have a real stake in where we're going. So it's your uh, corporate culture that you've established keeps loyalty amongst your your employees. I wouldn't say that I've established anything. I, I, I think it's uh, 100% between uh, the group of people that have been with me since I took over and we've come together and put our heads together to try to find out, you know, what course is the best for all of us. And um, we're kind of like our motley crew, but, you know, we're sailing this ship together. It's not just me. 
Lauren, when you're talking to these managers that have moved to other companies or shifted, are they moving because the, the growth is just so there now with this industry growing at the rate that it is that there's more opportunity? Or do you hear that they're leaving because of management dissatisfaction? I think it's definitely the growth opportunity. I haven't heard too much about um, management dissatisfaction, but the fact that there is uh, maybe a little bit more flexibility, so culture being more accommodating or that they want growth within their company and maybe it's just not there. So it's it definitely has been a, uh, we see it all the time that managers are moving around, but the growth in HOA industry completely is there for them to make that move and for more people to come in and join. So for the training of all the managers and new managers, it's just like the construction industry. There's always, always a hiring position. Always. Earlier this week, uh, CAI posted that as of 2019, I believe these were 2019 numbers, there were 351,000 community associations. And I know from my own research, when I was plugging that a little bit earlier, we were at 347, then 357, or 347, then 348, and it jumped all the way to 351 in one year. So the developers have really kept that on the forefront. So I do agree that the growth is just going to continue, and California is still in the top three states for sure. Absolutely. So, do you subscribe and your team belong to any industry associations for training like CAI or CACN or ECHO or any, do you belong to all of them? Is uh, so it mandatory? We, 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 we try to make, uh, we try to diversify our, our uh, knowledge pool. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we were CAI forever and uh, CACM since its inception. So I've got um, a new cadre of, um, of managers that we're training right now all but one are doing uh cacm uh one has opted to do cai and, and i'm embracing that because of the diversity and exchange of ideas uh, but furthermore uh, we also do uh, on-site and ojt type uh, training and uh, industry specific real-time training such as these podcasts these things are elemental to the growth of a young manager um that's why we've uh, we've tuned into these uh, because of the absence of the in-person learning that uh, typically had been there in years past. So I really want to thank you, uh, Lauren and Reagan, for doing this because this has provided some uh, real-time snapshots of what's going on in the industry. And it's uh, been, been very, very instrumental in growing my young managers. So thank you. Well, thank you for uh, listening and thank you for participating. It's people like you that keep us going back out there. Describe yourself as a manager owner. What is your ethos for your company? Uh, my ethos for my company is, you know, we, we really embrace just being a, a, a decent human being, embrace the golden rule, um, you know, treat, treat these people how, how we would like to be treated. They, they're living in their communities and let's treat them like they're at home like we're going to their home. And in many cases we are. Um, and so um, that, that brings a lot of like the friction level down, uh, I've noticed, whereas uh, empathy um, reduces that sort of friction. And so most disagreements come from misunderstanding. And so communication is always key. 
And so the closer you can get to resolving uh, an issue is usually the closer you can get to communicating with that person. So if they're mad in an email, make a phone call. If they're mad on the phone, go see them. I have a question I want to circle back for a minute. We were talking sure. about the industry associations. Um, I think, and I'm not sure on this, was your dad one of the founding uh, managers of ECHO? Yes. Executive Council of Homeowners. Okay. So that was the first, and as far as I know, it's the only one that I've really been aware of, uh, industry type associations that is catered to educating the boards. It's true. So we've been talking a lot about the managers, and even though CAI, CAI offers that support to um, all association members, do you see ECHO still with the same need out there that we had you know, 20, 25 years ago when it was a very small industry growing and the managers, uh, the, the owners of the management companies we're actually looking for an outlet to educate the boards in a, in a more global way. Do you think that's still something that these boards need? Or do you feel like the managers have the tools now? Um, I think the managers have far more tools than they had um, 20, 30 years ago, obviously. Yeah. Um, now, I think that um, to assist the manager um, for a kind of a second opinion, and a supporting opinion on fiduciary duty and other topics that are germane to what the board business is, the role of the director, et cetera. Um, I, I think that ECHO might be seeing itself in more of the support role when it comes to uh, solidifying the, ex the subject matter expert advice that the good manager is giving to them. Sometimes the board might need that extra oomph to, um, to support what the manager is saying. And so yeah. I've noticed that the echo seems to be finding that niche role um, moving forward. I think that uh, the more available uh, technologically that they can make themselves uh, towards, towards this and then kind of the more um, like uh, davissterling.com available uh, right. mm -hmm. to, uh, to solidify uh, the manager said, you know, we need to be, you know, uh, on pace with inflation and taxes and construction cost rise in order to maintain our reserves. Um, I think, you know, and then they need maybe someone other than just the manager talking about that. And I think that Echo can fill that role very well. I think all of these association groups are critical to the HOA industry because there are still a huge amount of self managed boards out there that need these resources and they do attend they do use them and i also think that um, there's a lot of small little tiny associations that may not really need big companies to oversee them so i'm really pleased that our industry is so well rounded that you can kind of find a niche for everybody so i'm going to ask you both this question but dan i'm going to ask you first what do you wish every board knew? Um, I, I wish every board uh, could see um, what's coming, the, the construction side sees. So when we're, when we're doing our financial planning uh, and budgeting year in and year out, they can see what you guys see, mm -hmm. what you guys see with your labor, um, what you guys see with your material, and what you guys see in order to make an honest day's living 
when that reserve project comes due 10 years down the road. And that would make every manager, I think, in the state of California's life a lot easier. <laughs> Lauren, what about you? What do you wish the boards knew? I mean, you go to a lot of interviews. Yeah, I feel like the, I really wish the boards all would utilize the industry partners that are available. So they don't have to be experts on a construction project, an asphalt project, a roofing. They don't have to be experts because they have industry partners that the managers can connect to, even if it's just for an education session on, and now on Zoom, it's so much easier. So utilizing all the resources that are available, or maybe even just knowing that there are those resources available. I think that's really critical. And to trust those industry partners, because they've been vetted and are kind of tried and true in the industry where um, somebody's brother-in-law, Charlie, you know, could possibly do it, but they're not going to be properly insured. They may not have dealt with uh, owner-occupied units as they start construction, these sort of things, or even just pool services, something as simple as that. So right, you can always find someone to do it cheaper, but can you really find someone to do it better? Yeah, or with all the right precautions involved. You're absolutely right. So if you could change one thing in our industry, it could be a lot, could just be a mindset. It could be a vehicle of, of giving the information. What would be the one thing in our industry you would like to change? Um, I, I'd like to see, especially for the management side, um, um, people really holding their, their ground when it comes down to uh, supporting uh, the, the, basic, uh, the basic price that we, that we put on ourselves and our own labors. I mean, the, the doing, everyone finding someone to do something cheaper um, mentality, I mean, it's, it's out there. But when it comes down to these managers, they work so hard. I see it day in and day out. They put themselves out on the line and they deal with, you know, a very large myriad of, of personalities from someone that praises your efforts doing coming out in a storm like we're dealing with right now to help safeguard uh, an association from flooding. Or, I mean, uh, all the way down to sometimes, you know, we're dealing with some uh, customer service situations where someone's not exactly thrilled. But these managers, they're on duty like 24 seven. And I, I think that the industry holding the line, you know, when it comes down to what we're willing to, to take for this kind of effort um, is, is key. And then uh, drawing the line and saying, you know what, below this line, you know, we're not gonna do this kind of work. And I think point. that would really, really help, um, you know, these managers that are, are really working so hard and to be rewarded for what they do day in and day out. I agree. I agree. I can't tell you how many times I've messaged with a, or emailed with a, a manager and they're having a rough day and shooting them Starbucks gift cards, you know, <laughs> hang in there. You've got this, but they all, it's a, it, it's a high demanding job and they're 24 hours a day. So I agree with you. And, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic has actually, in some ways, made their job a little easier in that they're not driving all over, and they are getting better participation from homeowners, but then they've got everybody watching every move now, right? And so Absolutely. there's, you know, there's that. They are now. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a new level of respect for the managers, in my opinion, on 
all the things they have to filter through. And I always try to tell my team, remember construction or construction or maintenance projects are one small little tiny slice of the pie of everything else that they're responsible for. And in the end, we only get a little bit hyper-focused on our one thing, but these men and women in our industry have to, they have to be experts in their own mind of at least a little bit of so much so that they at least can intelligently relay the questions from the HOA to their attorney, to their vendor, to their contractor. And, right. you know, I got to give it to a lot of the managers. What they've had to go through has been pretty rigorous. So I'm, I'm super grateful that we do have such supportive industries um, like CAI, CACM and, and ECHO and whatnot. So thank you, first of all, for all of those comments. Now you do know that the name of the podcast is HOA. It's a true story because we have so many stories in this industry. So tell us one of your favorite stories. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you the most recent story because I, I, my managers are my heroes. Um, you know, you guys have met my managers, Henry Farzana, and you're about to meet my new, uh, my new up and comers. And All right. uh, I, I can't wait for you guys to meet these guys. Uh, they were Henry and Farzana have cultivated a, a, a really good group of folks. Um, but, uh, but Henry, aside from grooming and training people, um, has, uh, has been crusading around for uh, some of our uh, more mature associations. One of them is uh, in uh, Union City. For years and years, they've had uh, a pass between managers because the board has been not exactly exercising their fiduciary duty. I think the concept was never properly um, uh, transmitted to them by all these subject matter experts. And Henry took the time to really work with the board in order to educate the concept of the fiduciary duty and how it is beneficial to the entire community. Right. And there was a light bulb that went off with this community. Now, this isn't our most expensive community. It's not the most units, doesn't have the most common area. But this, this community through first gaining the, the benefit of the concept of their fiduciary duty and then exercising by really, really pushing high quality reserve projects, asphalt, siding, uh, fences, I mean, change of landscaping. <laughs> and I mean, all of the above, I mean, it's a new community. That's it's fantastic. a new community right in the heart of a bunch of other communities that aren't embracing it. So the contrast between it and the surrounding neighborhoods is stark. So they're bringing their property value up by through, through education, through making lifestyle changes to the whole community and giving it and a breath prop. of fresh air. That's and awesome. Well, and, props, and, yeah. and that's, that is the full cycle to the point where the, the like I said, the community is put on uh, put on a barbecue for Henry. I mean, I've never seen, <laughs> um, it, you know, they, they constantly wanted him to get, you know, community bonuses. We tried to explain to them how that doesn't work. But, uh, <laughs> they can give the bonus over here if they need a place. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but all in all, it, it's, it's showing the way. Well, kudos it's, to it's you. showing what is possible. That's right. But to some of the most cost conscious uh, communities, some of the most cash strapped communities out there that this kind of foresight and this kind of investment equals this kind of dividend 
And it's better than the stock market right now. Oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. And so it's my favorite story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking. (laughs) I I always gush on my manager's successes and, you know, because that's my job. That's right. And it's, it kind of goes back to uh, the culture you've created is to educate and train and they're doing their jobs. Well, if you would like more information on any of the topics that we've talked about today, uh, please feel free to reach out to us at inquiry at gbgroupinc.com. We'll be happy to pass it along to Dan. And uh, Dan, thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to when this all is over and we can all go back out again and see each other in person. Anything for you and Laura. All right. Thank you, Thanks Dan. so much. You guys have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.